Hello and welcome to episode 117 of the Nerd Culture Podcast. The greatest podcast in the world. In the universe. In the universe. In the multiverse. <laughs> the greatest podcast on the comet. On the comet. <laughs> that was a really lame attempt to link it to the news, but I still love you. It was a bad segue. It was a bad segue. That's right. I haven't even done the intro. Uh, my name is David, and uh, with me, uh, lovely Crystal. Hello. And lovely Bo. Young Bo, man. I'm not looking <laughs> my street name. <laughs> Sorry. I, well, I thought I'd mix it up a bit and go with, with, with lovely Bo. Welcome to the... Okay, okay. Rainy Melbourne day. Yeah, it's, it's raining. I don't know if the mic's going to pick that up, but it's uh, raining okay. very heavily. I reckon it will. I think it will pick it up. But anyway. All right, we'll go with lovely Youngbo. There you go. Are you cool with that? Uh, okay. The artist formerly known as Youngbo. <laughs> okay. uh, so for this episode, we have news, reviews, and a massive Azerothian Times. So if you're not a fan of the Azerothian Times segment, and why wouldn't you be? That's awesome. Then uh, this is not the episode for you. There's a few reasons why they might not be. <laughs> Millions of people just twitching off their iPads. <laughs> uh, so we're going to have uh, we're going to have a bit a bit to say in Azerothian times because there's been two pretty major events uh, in the world of Warcraft, but uh, we'll try to make it non-boring. It'll still be entertaining. It yeah, always Crystal, is. The look on Crystal's face is <laughs> like whatever, dude. Um, cool. So uh, we'll start off with some news. Now, there's, there's obviously there's been more happening in the world other than just what I've got, but I've only got just the one item that I want to mention, and that's the Rosetta mission uh, from NASA, which is uh, the attempt to put a probe onto a, an actual moving comet, um, and it was successful, which is pretty pretty cool. Uh, successful, depending on what your idea of successful is, but they managed to land a probe called Philae onto Comet 67P, and uh, I, for one, think that's a magnificent achievement. And um, even though it was, it didn't land exactly how they wanted it to land, it actually landed on its side inside a cave, and so it's now started to cause a bit of problems in, in the terms where it now can't uh, pick up uh, as much solar energy as it needs in order to power itself. Um, so it's having, it's, it's having some woes, uh, but the fact that they actually managed to do it, I mean, the mathematical equations required to in order to time a probe to it'd land be, on a comet. It'd just, be like trying to take a run up down a hill and jump on a moving train. It's insane. <laughs> and uh, I just, you know, props to every single person involved. It's just absolutely magnificent stuff. Um, I did like the, uh, the we'll, we'll mention the press conference. Um, there, there's, there was a couple of things from the press conference that uh, I wanted to mention. We'll, we'll start with the positive one. I did like the fact that uh, in order to explain to people just how big this comet was, they used Star Trek references, which is hilarious. <laughs> it <laughs> so makes sense now, because now I understand how... I, thought I know, it would be much so where, they said, where they said, you know, it's it's X, you know, in size, but, you know, and people were like, oh, yeah, yeah. But then when they then when they said, oh, it's basically roughly the size of a Borg cube, everybody was like, oh, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> 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 which is just so dirty and awesome. I mean, I just, I applaud that. That's brilliant. Uh, Crystal's actually got like an ear, like a, a picture. The comparison... It's actually slightly bigger than the Borg Cube, around the same size as a Federation space dock, much, much bigger than Deep Space Nine, and much, 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 much bigger than a Galaxy-class starship. I didn't realise realize the Enterprise was that much smaller than the Cube. It doesn't look like that in the show. Yeah. No, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's really small. I, I thought that it would have been sort of defiant size. Uh, the Cube is, is massive. That's uh, really what's the small. Nice little ship. Little. <laughs> anyway. Um, anyway, so that's pretty cool. Now, the, the other thing from the press conference that I have to mention is uh, 
Dr. Matt Taylor, uh, when he was being interviewed, felt the need to wear a um, shirt, like a, a novelty Hawaiian shirt that many have commented on as uh, inappropriate. Uh, it was basically uh, basically a whole bunch of images of, of uh, withdrawn women, um, sort, of, sort of the stuff that you would see on the sort of the Xenoscope Wonderland type comics. Um, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so basically, so those those sort of uh, drawn women, and, and they were all sort of scantily clad and in, you know, what, you know, quote-unquote sexy poses, and, you know, one of them, I think, is brandishing the gun, and, and that's that sort of stuff. So basically, in a nutshell, an inappropriate shirt to be wearing in a, uh, you know, a, a news conference that's being beamed around the world, it's uh, probably, it's, oh, I, I think it's inappropriate yeah. for personal life as well, but, it, but you know, that's, that's his choice, he can wear whatever he wants. But I just and uh, the the reason I want to mention is, is yes I agree it was inappropriate on a world stage you want to be as respectable as, as you possibly can I mean actually surely the people around him could have been like dude what are you doing but anyway whatever that's not here nor there the reason I wanted to mention up mention it though is because as usual the internet has reacted in the in the way that it does when a female blogger uh, posted a, a tweet. A very reasonable tweet. I mean, I, I can't, I can't, I don't have the exact quote, but it's something along the lines of, "Hey, that shirt was inappropriate." That's it. That's basically all it was. She didn't say that's a disgrace. She didn't say this is misogyny. She didn't say this is you know anti-feminism. She didn't do anything that. All she said was that shirt was inappropriate, and the internet just went mad. You know, rape threats, death threats, you're ugly, and all that sort of stuff. And it just. And I just can't tell you just how tired of that stuff I'm getting. It's just it really is just driving me mad. Yeah, I I agree that I it's agree. definitely. Uh, it, it I probably wouldn't have worn the shirt. Okay, it's not yeah. that big a deal. Yeah. Um, but I probably wouldn't have short worn it like you were saying in that setting. It's you know it, it's definitely not a good idea. Um, it sets a bad example. Um, but I gotta say the guy he kind of looks like my dad. Like I don't you never met my dad before, <laughs> but he he looks a lot like this guy actually. Really? And uh, I I am not even saying the shirt would go too far past the realm of my dad's closet. I mean, <laughs> we've all got we've I, all got some shirts that are that are you know that are not good. I mean, I've got my Spidey Hawaiian shirt. This is a disgrace. But but that would have been okay to wear at a press conference. Even that I wouldn't have worn at a press conference. See, it's I mean, it's, yeah, the shirt itself. If I mean, the scantily gonna... clad women and stuff. I've seen worse on T-shirts out in the street. Much worse. Oh, yeah, definitely. But never at a NASA press yeah, conference. That's right. Not at a NASA press <laughs> conference. I mean, I'd be wearing a shirt and slacks and tie. I, I don't reckon you have to go But I think if you wore the Spidey shirt, though, you could kind of get away with it. Because if anybody can, if anybody confronted you about it, you just say, hey, I'm setting the example that with great power comes great responsibility. You know, like, Ooh. how do you argue with that? Oh, I like it. Well, I, I, don't, I don't feel like people should have to wear a shirt and tie if they don't want to. But then again, also be sensitive to what people are looking at as well. Yeah. So, I mean, by all means, wear a similar shirt. Just wear something a bit more respectful. Wear yeah, even Spidey shirt. Wear a Batman shirt. Wear... <laughs> it should have been a Star Trek shirt. That's what it should have been. Yeah, he should have been dressed up like the world leaders were for the Apex Conference. That's the other news I wanted to bring up. Thank you. That's awesome. Well done. Uh, the other that was a good segue. That was an excellent segue. Um, um, yeah. So the, the recently had the uh, the what was the conference called? Apex. Apex. Yeah, the Apex Conference, which uh, you know all the world leaders get together and discuss various stuff. All those world leaders are actually now currently in Australia in uh, Brisbane at the G20, G20. Uh, summit. But uh, yeah, so Apex and the outfits. They all wear like similar outfits um, during this conference for some reason. I'm not too sure why it is. One year they had these bizarre Polynesian type 
looking Islander type stuff. I know it was weird, um, but the so yeah, so for this this particular conference, they're all wearing these sort of tunic type outfits that are not Star Trek outfits, but look so much like Star Trek diplomatic outfits that it just surely the designer knew that's what was what was going on. When I saw Tony Abbott, my first thought was that's no Ferengi in a monkey suit. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Abbott looked like a Ferengi for sure. He's got the ears. <laughs> That's hilarious. And uh, I mean, and everybody's trying. Even Leonard Nimoy tried to, which was hilarious. I don't know. There's there's, there's one one particular photo which I think is brilliant, where they're all got their hands up, waving at the camera, and it, and somebody's quoted worst Vulcan salute photo ever because <laughs> <laughs> they all look like they're trying to do it but none of them are quite pulling it off but somebody said I can't remember who it was so I can't credit them but somebody said if there was a Klingon in that photo he would be the least weird looking person there <laughs> anyway I, I like the outfits I mean I because I'm a Star Trek fan so I actually think the outfits look pretty damn cool uh, but I can understand <laughs> why people have reacted the way they have well, that's uh, that's all. If anybody can remember anything else from my list, that's all I've got for the news. No one else has seen your list. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now the news is going to going to morph into a bit of uh, shameless self promotion. <laughs> so, basically, uh, just recently uh, we posted our, the Armageddon videos. Um, the New York videos are coming up soon in a couple of days. Uh, but uh, day one and day two of the Armageddon Expo videos that uh, Silhouette and Kylie did. Um, they are awesome. They got uh, a really, really good response. That combined with our last episode, which had uh, those the three wonderful guys from the roast, Mark, Seaton, and Jazz, um, have just has been really, really good in terms of uh, uh, our Facebook page. It's gotten it's gotten like twenty extra likes, and you know, and just and people have just been you know spreading the word and you know comments and feedback and stuff like that. So I just uh, I just want to throw it out there. There's a, a huge thank you to. Everybody in the social media world, awesome! Thank you very much. It really means a lot to us. And uh, keep it up. Let's get us. Let's get us to five hundred likes. Yeah. What happens when you get five hundred likes? They'll be like, I want a thousand likes. <laughs> 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 it will never stop. But you know, but it's it's really he's, good news. Um, the he's other got thing, the I want... above his head that he pulls and banana or not bananas, balloons fall from the <laughs> bananas would be funnier though, maybe. <laughs> But ours would kill. I'd be dead, man. What if they all fell end on end and I just they all stabbed me? That'd be pretty bad. Death by banana. <laughs> you think you can get stabbed by a banana? I think you could get stabbed by a banana if it's not if it's not ripe. If it's like the one of those those you know green ones. If it's high velocity. Yeah, and it's super high velocity. If you drop it off the Eiffel Tower, I'm dead. Yeah, I think uh, bananas must be very different in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> the other plug I want is Andre Bergen, uh, who. Uh, regular listeners will know I'm a big fan of. Um, he's got a comet. Oh, he's got uh, he's got a comet. Um, <laughs> Everyone's got one now. Uh, <laughs> he's got a comic called Bullet Girl uh, or Bullet Gal, which is, is a spin-off from his novels. Uh, uh, you know, including stuff like um, Who's Killing the Great Capes of Europa and stuff. Uh, but it's uh, it's it's in that sort of sort of classic sort of Andre Bergen style of you know, photo manipulation and and text and and that sort of stuff. And it just it just looks magnificent. It's it's right up there with the um, the tobacco stained mountain goat graphic novel which came out uh, just recently, which is brilliant. Pick it up. Uh, comics are being collected into a graphic novel by uh, Underbelly Comics, um, who I think are Canadian. I think I could be wrong, but the actual 
Uh, yeah, they are Canadian. Um, and uh, so there's a Kickstarter campaign on Kickstarter. So if you go to kickstarter.com, um, there's a campaign to get Bullet Gal together as a graphic novel, and there's a whole bunch of you know pledge type stuff. The next shameless plug is I'm going to throw it over to Bo. All right, so I've been doing a project for the last year uh, called Nova Javelin, and it's basically a punk rock, post-hardcore band, but we're totally made for nerds. Um, All the songs are about World of Warcraft or Star Trek or Doctor Who, but it's like heavy metal stuff, you know, and uh, we should have the CD out in the next couple of maybe a month, two months. I can't, I can't foresee it going beyond two months. I mean, it's definitely going to come out at least that soon. And uh, we're going to do a lot of promotion behind, um, you know, when we put out the CD, we're also going to put out podcasts for each song and um, uh, go over how we made everything. Because we made everything here in my house. It took, it took over a year. I mean, we've been working on just recording for a year. Greg's doing all the strings. I play, I play bass when we wrote the songs. Yeah. Uh, the actual recording actually is done by all by Greg, the guitar player. Um, he's recorded three, he does three or four guitar tracks on each one and then a bass track. And then, uh, Matt from ECN radio, Matt does, um, does, does just, just drums. And then, um, you know, I record, um, I record vocals on top of all of that. Yeah. Um, we did a lot of like layering and there's, you know, there's parts where I'm kind of doing more of a, a chant seance kind of thing and yeah, then streaming yeah. on top of that. And, you know, all, all sorts of crazy stuff we've, we've got going cool. on. I'm big into doing this show. We do ECN. Um, I think we're really making this CD for for the internet more than we are live. I mean, we probably are going to do some live shows, but I mean, we really we really want you know people to download it. I mean, that's what. Oh, and it's all Creative Commons too. So like, whenever we put it out, we're putting out all the tracks individually. You can take our stuff and make your own song out of it. I mean, it's all open to use for whatever you want to. If you do a podcast, you want to put our song as your intro. That's fine. You do whatever you want to. We're not going to sue you. It's it's all Creative Commons. That's awesome. All right. Well, once uh, once the uh, the EP's out, we'll we'll have some samples on the show itself. That'd be that'd be pretty sweet. Well, it's yeah. It's it's awesome. It's uh, I I want everybody to to back you as much as much as they can. So so guys, check out the Facebook page. So the Facebook page is facebook.com Nova Javelin. Um, one word. It's got some samples over there. It's got and uh, and photos and you know throw them a like and and have a listen and. So yeah, so um, so check them out. Cool. So that's it for the news slash shameless plugging. Uh, let's move on to the reviews. First up, we've got Crystal with the IT crowd. The internet is coming. The IT crowd. The internet is coming. This is the long-awaited final episode to the IT Crowd TV show, which went for three seasons. Um, It's been out for some time, but it only sort of just occurred to me recently that we did uh, many episodes back do a Channel Zero on the IT Crowd, and we should probably follow up with the last episode. Just like a follow-up review. A follow-up review. I didn't realise that we were waiting on a final episode. Ah, well, there you go. This is news to you. Yeah, so tell me about this. Let me tell you about this. <laughs> um, it was rumoured for some time that they were, they were doing something, but we weren't quite sure what, and then, uh, then it was announced their final episode was coming out. So this goes for about 47 minutes. So I guess they've tried to, rather than make a, a fourth series, which is sort of routed off, because at the end of the third series, it just sort of felt unfinished, at least to me. Mm. Um, so this uh, this episode is 
as mentioned in the title of the review, is called The Internet is Coming. And I was a bit cautious about watching it, given being burned by the Red Dwarf thing. <laughs> Which is awful. <laughs> I have to say, Red Dwarf 10 is much better than expected. Yeah. Given Back to Earth. It leaves a bad taste in your eyeballs. Yeah. Your eyeballs. So... The IT crowd uh, internet is coming. We find the the crew, Roy, Moss, Jen, down in the basement as usual, getting on with things, not really doing much, avoiding work. Through a series of calamitous events, uh, Roy and Jen find themselves on a viral video in which Jen um, tips hot coffee over a homeless woman and Roy berates a small man and and causes the small person such distress that he runs onto the street and gets hit by a van with breasts. <laughs> anyway, moving on. It all makes sense if you see the start yeah, of the show. <laughs> it didn't make a lot of sense, that description, but it is, it, it is actually exactly what happens. So that's, that's, the, uh, that's the sort of the, the situation that Jen and Roy find themselves in. The course of, uh, uh, at first, the video is so blurry you can't tell who they are, so that it's lucky for them, although they do get into trouble from their bus, boss, their boss, their boss, Douglas Renham, played by Matt Berry, who I think is probably one of my favourite characters in the show. He's awesome. He's very, he's very Him good. and his dad are the two best characters <laughs> in the show. Um, Stress. Uh, and then later on, uh, well, spoiler alert, someone puts out a better version of the video and you can tell who they are. So they get into trouble from Douglas again, who says, why did you do it again? And I'm like, we didn't do it again. It's the same video. <laughs> This is surprisingly better than I thought it was going to be. Not as good as I think it could have been, but still well worth a watch. It plays good homage to the previous series in that it refers back to previous episodes With when the previous series didn't really do that. I think it pays good lip service to the fans. So the fans will get all the in little, little in references um, and it ticks all the boxes. Mm. Yeah, you know, everything that you think should happen probably happens, and you know they they play it like they know. You know that they know that it's a show. Yeah, but they're still doing it anyway. Like little comments, like Douglas says, "Well, that's going to affect that product that we make." <laughs> yeah, so it doesn't quite break the fourth wall, but it's it's, it's still it's skirt, self-aware. It skirts the it skirts the skirting boards of the fourth wall. <laughs> the skirting boards of the fourth wall. So that's good. So on the whole. <laughs> I give the show three out of five looks. I give my review zero looks. <laughs> Don't say that. That was terrible. Uh, it, was, it was a good uh, review. It was a perfectly fine review. <laughs> cool. Thank you for that. Uh, next up, we've got Bo and Interstellar. So does it live up to the hype is how uh, I'll start my review. <laughs> so, subtitled, so Interstellar, subtitled, does it live up to the hype? Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> what it should be. That's what it should be subtitled. I saw an IMAX, and maybe that you know maybe that's kind of skewed my opinion of the movie a lot because I mean it's beautiful. I mean it was filmed it was filmed for IMAX, and it is definitely you know gorgeous on the IMAX screen. In my opinion, it does pretty close to actually living up to the hype. I thought it was I thought it was really good. I think the movie is way overhyped. I think it, like it's like everywhere right now. People are they're saying it's going to transcend as much time as the actual story scopes over over time and space and i don't necessarily know that it's it's quite that good but you know it reminded me of 2001 a space odyssey a lot just in kind of the visuals of it um the way it looked and the way whenever you saw 2001 you knew you were seeing a movie 
that would be referenced in, you know, further film. Like if you took a film class at some university, they're probably going to mention 2001. And I feel like Interstellar could be living up to that also. I think that I think that whenever I watched the movie, I felt like I was watching a part of movie history. Like this is going to be a huge thing from now on. Like I feel like people are going to reference this movie just because of the scope of it. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. They've already started that. I mean, it's one, of, one of the cool things about the film is uh, its attempt to be scientifically accurate, you know, like like Gravity um, and 2001 before it. And, and even though I think it fails in that, it's it does have uh, one magnificent bit where it shows for the first time what a visual representation of a black hole would be. It's the most accurate representation uh, that we've got possibly now and is actually going to be used in university and stuff like that in order to show students what a black hole looks like i'm with you i don't think that it actually matched i mean hell i don't know i need to call the guy that had the woman's shirt maybe he can tell us whether it's scientifically <laughs> accurate but i don't think it is yeah uh, well it is I, it is it is I, up to the point until where the story decides that it doesn't have to be so where everything yeah. everything that can be scientifically accurate is but when it needs to actually go into the fantastical it does that you know right exactly um, the time travel or the, you know, the sort of the interstellar, I guess, part of it, yeah. like it, it matches with other concepts that I've seen in other sci-fi. Yeah. So, I mean, it was like they kind of followed the sci-fi rules. I don't it know if they follows, necessarily it actually... follows the, the Terminator sci-fi rule. So it uses that it uses that same paradox. That oh, it, right, right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. That connection. So I'm, I'm using the Terminator references instead of the interstellar ones because I don't want to be spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, so it's really it's really hard to talk about. It's just really yeah. hard to talk about without spoiling the movie. But I really I really enjoyed the last half of the movie. Now, if I complained about anything, is that this is a three hour long movie. I feel like it had to be three hours long. It would be. I feel like it would be a really bad movie if they tried to cram this into an hour and a half to two hours. But that right. being said, it feels like you're sitting in a theater for three hours. <laughs> it's not super. It's not a super fast paced movie. It's not. You know, it's not a lot of excitement and explosions. Um, it will keep you intrigued. Um, you will like most of the characters in the movie. It does have somewhat of surprises. It's not like Oblivion where there's huge plot twists at points, but it does have surprises. It is very intriguing. Um, it is definitely Christopher Nolan-esque in the sense that the movie, the screen goes black, credits roll, and you sit there and stare at the screen hmm. for three or four seconds thinking, I just wish there was like one more second more. of like I just wish that wow. I had seen just a little bit more and that's kind of the signature of his movies these days that's a massive um, endorsement man that's pretty good it's been on my mind ever since i saw it for the last couple weeks like it's i really love the movie um i will say that there is you kind of have to be a sci-fi fan to kind of get into it mm. if um you know i think if i took my mom to see it i don't think she'd be into it i just don't think there's enough there for her um not wouldn't that she she's like dumb the, wouldn't she like the father-daughter relationship business yeah, maybe. I mean, you know, it's essentially a love story. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And I'm not saying that it's not. It's just I think that there's some concepts and stuff that in the movie that they don't go out of their way to explain to you. You kind of already have to be introduced to that. Um, like the whole, like, you know, what's in the center of a black hole, the, you know, the um, whole gravity being connected to the time and time um, working differently on one planet than it does on another. Those are concepts that are, are, are common to people that who have been in the sci-fi genre for a while, but you know they don't do they don't go out of their way to explain it to you either. I mean, they take yeah. the lost approach that they expect you to kind of know it going in. Um, they do kind of give you like a little bit of an illustration, 
But it's not, you know, it's not like they just techno babble and, and tell you for 30 minutes, which I like that. That was one of the things that I actually dug about the movie that they didn't do that. I liked it too. Uh, I thought, I, yeah, I think it was a good choice not to. That's why my favorite question. We, are you, would you be shocked to know that it was actually originally a Steven Spielberg film? No, I did not know that. Does that, does that surprise you now? Think, sort of think of it, think of it now being filmed as a Spielberg film. Sort of picture that in your head. I mean, I could definitely see it. I think that the if it was a Spielberg film, the last half of the movie would be really similar, but the first half would probably be a lot different. Yeah. Um, um, and it's not a really dark story, but he has a, probably a much darker take on what's happening on the planet than than Spielberg might, even though the story would be the same. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right, question number two. So, One of the things I really liked about it is the robot. <laughs> so the, oh, yeah, the robot was cool. The robot is, the robot is awesome. But what I, one of the things I really loved about him, though, is not just because his personality was cool, but because when he was at rest, so whenever, he was, whenever it was just standing there, how much like a 2001 obelisk yeah. does it look like? It's awesome. The robot kind of bugged me a little. Like I, As the movie went on, I kind of got into it. I was cool with it. And I ended up liking the character. I liked the robot. Yeah. Um, but when they first introduced him, they introduced him as a Marine. And like to me... If you were making a robot that was going to be made for, you know, war, it doesn't seem like you'd make him a big ass square. You know what I mean? Like it <laughs> seems like he'd be he would be different in some way. He'd be he'd be and a terminator. Th- yeah, he would be a terminator. <laughs> like it- All right, okay. Well, yeah, this uh, go with the uh, final thoughts and ratings. <laughs> All right, so my rating I've got to say is a four and a half out of 5. I don't think that I could give I, I have a really hard time giving anything a five because it just seems like that means the perfect movie. There was no, absolutely no flaws. It it hit theaters at the right time in history, and it just is absolutely perfect in every way. And and I think that that's nearly impossible to achieve. But this is one of my favorite movies now. Like this definitely is in my top list from now on. I will reference this movie anytime someone says. Give me your top five movies. This will probably be my top five. Like, it's definitely one of my favorite movies now. And I had been poo-pooing Nolan ever since Dark Knight Rises came out, and now I'm back on Camp Nolan. So <laughs> I'm four and a half, four and a half, four point seven five out of five. <laughs> four point seven five. Fair enough. Um, you know, continuing with uh, your appraisal of me in the fact that I don't like anything. Um, I, I, I wouldn't rate this as highly. I'd... Nolan is an interesting director for me, whereas I think he's he's very good at his craft, and you know I quite like you know Nolan films. Interstellar was an interesting experience for me. Nolan is, I think, quite unemotional. Like his films really don't sort of delve too deep into the emotional spectrum. And I think the perfect example of that is, is Inception. He's saying he's artistic. I, th- I think he's more artistic than he is emotional, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just it's the way Nolan is. But I think what Interstellar manages to accomplish is the perfect mix of intellectual and emotional. Um, and I, I guess that helps by having such a brilliant actor as Matthew McConaughey. I mean, it's, it, it's, I, I just, I'm just so glad that you know, Matthew just one day woke up and decided, you know what, I'm actually good at what I do. I should probably be in some better yeah. films. And, you know, and now he's, just, he's on fire and he, he deserves the, the applause that he's getting. It is, is magnificent stuff. Um, there was quite a lot of stuff I, in the film that I did kind of sort of bug me. I sort of, even though I understand why they did what they did with the science aspect, so as I said right at the start of the review, where um, it's as accurate as it can be 
up until the point where it it basically can't be um, for whatever reasons. Even though I understand logically why that happens, it still bugs me. It goes back to the gravity thing where if you're going to try and be scientifically accurate, then you have to be scientifically accurate for the entire film. Otherwise, don't bother being scientifically accurate. It's kind, of, it's kind of a weird one. I'm not going to make it lose points because of that. I mean, it's, it's just me. It's just my sort of pre-collection to it. So, it's, so even, though I, even though I think it does a fine job of what it does, I mean, it does so much good that that small thing is not enough to sort of attract it. So even though I don't love it as much as Bo does, um, I did quite enjoy it. I'd, uh, I do want to see it again. But, uh, it is, I, I, give it, um, I give it four out of five. Four out of five. It's not bad. <laughs> that's it's right. That's bad. why we prefer at the start when you when you say, you don't like anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad. Four I don't out think of five. it's I don't bad. think it's genius, but it does it does what it does very what it what it does well it does incredibly well. Yeah, I'm with you. The movie's not perfect. It has flaws. Yeah. Well, it does. But I think I'm coming to terms with that. Uh, like almost every movie is going to have some sort of flaws. I can't hardly think of a movie that is just flawless. You know. Back to the Future. That's not completely flawless. It's flawless. No, it's not. Mm, I wouldn't <laughs> say. I think, I think you're looking through some nostalgia goggles there. But, <laughs> I, want to throw um, something, I want to throw something to you guys. Now that, so now that that review's finished, unless you have something yeah. else, Bo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just want to throw something to you guys. So, so this, is, uh, this is something that had uh, come to my attention uh, about a week ago, and it's, it's just been stuck in my brain ever since. And it's not Interstellar related. You know the movie Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? So Indiana yep. Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark. You've both seen it. I'm Everybody here has seen it, right? Yes. Raiders of the Lost Ark. So, so try to picture Raiders of the Lost Ark in brain. Now, if you take Indiana's character out of that film, everything in that film still happens exactly the same way. No, not exactly the same way, but the basic plot of that film still progresses in the same way if Indiana Jones is not in it. Do you agree or disagree with that? I don't know. I had to watch it and take notes to tell you. <laughs> I have to see it again. Yeah, I'm actually. I actually. But, I highly recommend. I, I'm going to throw that question out there because I actually want. That's what I want. I want. You've got homework. I'm going to give us homework. I reckon we should watch it again and see if that's actually true. Okay. If you took Indiana Jones out of that film, it wouldn't be worth watching. Well, that's true. I'm not saying. I'm not saying in terms of. I mean, Raiders of the Lost Ark for me is a five out of five film. I'm not. I'm not saying it's. I'm not saying that as a. As a, a criticism it's just it's something that's, that was mentioned to me about a week ago and it's just stuck in my brain i can't get it out of my head the plot would still continue but that's everything work. that happens still would happen if indiana jones didn't exist but for that to work that would have to mean indiana jones would do nothing that affects the plot of the film that's what that's, that's what i'm saying that's exactly what i'm saying indiana jones does nothing to influence the eventual plot of that film oh, i'd yeah. have to see it again but i Believe, I, I can't believe that to be true. Alright. We'll actually we'll bring this up in another episode. So what we'll do is, is yeah. some homework. Let's rewatch that film. I don't think it's still it doesn't that doesn't apply to Temple of Doom and and uh, Crusade and let's ignore, you know, Crystal Skull. But uh, just Raiders of the Lost Ark is I can't ignore my skull. It's in my head. I honestly Chris, God, I Chris, ah that's awesome. I didn't even, <laughs> it took me a, it actually took me a good second, that's what you just said. Um, so you're on fire. But anyway, that's enough of that. Um, that's an extremely long interstellar review. Uh, but it was worth it. It's a film that deserves discussion. Cool, so next up is myself. Uh, and as, as what's become sort of uh, standard is I'm going to have a, a main review and throw in some sneaky other sort of mini-reviews. So I just, I'll just throw in really quickly mini-reviews. Uh, I watched a couple of films. Um, Extraterrestrial, which is about uh, a group of kids who go off to a cabin in the woods and encounter aliens. I mean, it's, it's a story that's been done a billion times before, and uh, it's not good. 
check it out. It's it's intriguing. It's you know it's a low budget and you know it does the best that it can. But uh, overall though, really not that good. So uh, David hates everything. <laughs> hey, I didn't. I just want to point. I just want to point out that I gave Interstellar four out of five. Thank you very much. Yeah, um, I'm pretty impressed with that. I, I'm I'm marking down the day. Like I'm going to write it on a board somewhere. <laughs> Uh, the other film, the other film that I checked out was um, now I can't, I don't know exactly how this is pronounced, but is it Ouija? Like, is in Ouija board? Ouija, board. Ouija? Yeah, yeah, it's Ouija, isn't it? Yeah. Ouija. Anyway, so it's called Ouija, Ouija, Ouija. And, and sure enough, yeah, it's about a, it's about a Ouija board. So your typical, basically the same sort of stuff: possessed Ouija board, group of kids play on it. Yeah, See the ghost through the thing. Ghost starts, you know, bumping them off one by one. It's it's you know it's been done a hundred times before. And unlike extraterrestrial, this doesn't have any redeeming value to it, it, it to, to sort of elevate it at all. It is, it, it's just absolute trash from start to finish. So avoid it all at all costs. And most damning is that it's not scary. Like, you know, if you go to a horror film, at least try to be scary. Doesn't even try. If it's a bad horror film, it should at least at least scare you. Yeah, it's right. It's at least have at least a couple of decent scares. No, doesn't have that. <laughs> and the acting, holy crap, is terrible. I think the acting is the scary part. The acting was yes. the scary part. The, the fact that, that the main boyfriend guy got cast is the scary part. Um, anyway, so moving on to my actual main review. Now, uh, I'm actually going to go with a comic. I haven't done a comic review for a while, so thought I'd do that. So I'm going to review the Planetary Omnibus. Um, Before you start, can I just say, David's had this line around the house for weeks, and every time I look at it, it looks to me like John Pertwee's Doctor. Yeah, that's true. Well, the cover, the cover is... Um, the Elijah Snow, and it's the image he does. He does look kind of, kind of job picture. I mean, not exactly or anything. No, it just no. has that look about him. Has that look? Uh, so, Planetary is uh, a series from uh, DC Comics, were originally from the Wild Sword imprint, written by Wallen Ellis, and for the most part drawn by John Cassidy. Um, it is absolutely brilliant. It is one of my favourite comic stories ever. It actually has a start, middle, and end. Um, it's uh, it deals with a group of people called uh, the Planetary Organization. Uh, the group includes uh, Elijah Snow, uh, Jaquita Wagner, and the drummer. And they're all super power. They're all super powered in one way or another. But um, it doesn't. The focus isn't on that. It's not like a superhero comic per se. Uh, they are actually archaeologists, but they're archaeologists of secrets. So they travel the world and uh, basically protect the general populace from the secrets of the world basically save the world on a, on a daily basis sort of thing but behind the scenes um so the general general world isn't really aware of it uh, they do interact with the other uh heroes of um the Walsall universe on on a couple of occasions most notably of course the authority um but uh the their main focus is as being as secret as possible um the artwork is absolutely brilliant but then john cassidy always is uh, and I'm a big fan of uh, Warren Ellis's uh, writing, and this I think is his magnum opus. I think this is the best that he's ever done, and uh, and judging from his recent output, the best he's ever going to do. Uh, it is uh, highly recommended. It's um, it's a, it's an older series. It's, it's just been re-released in the omnibus, uh, which includes a whole bunch of extra stuff. Um, so if you've already got the trade, which I did have, um, it does have extra stuff in order to make it sort of worth having. So, think, no, so it has Planetary 1 to 27, uh, the Planetary Batman crossover special, uh, Planetary JLA, um, and Planetary Authority uh, crossovers as well. So um, it is absolutely brilliant. Get it. <laughs> so it is it absolutely brilliant. So even if you don't get the omnibus, at least get the trades. It's It's really, really worth it. Cool, so uh, next up we've got uh, Azerothian Times. 
So as, uh, as, I, as I warned at the start, I apologise, this is going to be a massive Azerothian times because uh, lots of things have been happening in the, the world of Warcraft. So uh, number one off the bat, we had BlizzCon. So BlizzCon 2014 uh, happened a couple of weeks ago. Uh, how, how did you celebrate BlizzCon, David? I didn't celebrate it. <laughs> oh, I it's to... my favorite time of the year. I put up the BlizzCon tree. Um, we go caroling <laughs> in the neighborhood around the... Um, the BlizzCon carols. <laughs> is that is that true? Uh, no, I don't. I don't celebrate BlizzCon. Actually, I'm really not that excited about BlizzCon. Other than, you know, it's good to get the announcements and uh, you know the swag that you get with the virtual ticket and stuff. It's it's, it's yeah. pretty cool. But I don't I don't go hardcore. Um, I also, I don't get invited to BlizzCon viewing parties like certain people have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had a we had a big party at work um, for BlizzCon and. Um, we ended up, we set up one of the like 70 inch TVs, one of the gigantic TVs, and um, we just all sat around and, and of course we weren't drinking at a work event, um, but we were totally drinking and watching BlizzCon. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> That's cool, man. Well, I mean, if I was there, I would have attended for sure, but uh, yeah, I actually didn't even watch all that much of the footage at the time because it's, it's different time zones, obviously, so I watch them later yeah. on but uh you know but you know it was cool it had some cool some cool announcements and stuff like that instead of going through sort of the general sort of uh points of the, of the show what i thought we'd do is we'd do a uh the the best three things and the the worst three things so the good and the bad of the show and uh yumbo can start off three good three bad um so i would say the three good um one of my favorite things to watch i mean this is like the super bowl for me i hate sports i can i just I try to get into sports. I'll go to. I've been to sporting events and I'm bored out of my mind. Yeah. Um, but watching the like raid race thing, they have a live raid at BlizzCon every year. Where um, this year it was Method um, versus uh, Midwinter, and the two guilds are fighting the same instance, like the same bosses, the same raid, and then whoever kills the final boss of the raid um, first wins. Last year it was really weird. It was Blood Legion in, in uh, Midwinter. The top two guilds. Yeah, top two guilds. Yeah. This year it was neck and neck. Like it was nothing last last year. It was. I mean, each boss kill was like five percent away from the previous one, and they were pulling the same trash at the same time. It was just neck and neck the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, and then um, Method ended up ended up pulling it out in the end, which was who I was rooting for. So like, woo, Method. You know, like, <laughs> like. It, it's the closest to a Super Bowl party I've ever seen at my house. I mean, it was it was pretty awesome to watch, and that's and that's always my favorite thing at BlizzCon. Um, well, just sorry, sorry before you go on, I, I'm with you. I actually I'm not a big fan of the whole watching people play games <laughs> videos and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, me neither. But, uh, but this was this was full on. This was actually a lot of fun, um, and uh, I also was going for Method just because I thought I just kind of I kind of liked their group dynamic a little bit better. Um, yeah, and, and uh, I actually follow, on the follow up with that. I actually looked at their stats. They released their stats for the raid and sort of you know what certain people were doing and and uh, you know the numbers and stuff like that. And it was actually quite fascinating. I, I I normally don't give a rat's ass about that crap. I just you know I just go there to you know have fun. But this one was actually it was it was really cool, like really fascinating to sort of see who did what and why they did what they did. Like they actually had they had a very interesting tactic where. DPS on the bosses was increased because of how they handled the trash before it. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie to you. I actually don't understand exactly how that worked, but all the comment, <laughs> all the comments around it that I read, 
um, seem to think that that was just genius the way that they did what they did, and and so I'm going to have to research it a bit more so I can understand it. But but uh, but what they did, you know, obviously obviously worked. So it was it was a lot of fun. It, it kind of works hand in hand with uh, the first thing that I mentioned. But the first thing that I did not like about BlizzCon and that I never like about BlizzCon is the PvP tournament. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I know that people get into that. I know that that's like a huge thing, and, and I'm not and I'm not poo pooing on you if, if that's your thing. But that is, I just can't get into that. It's, yeah. it, to me, it's more like watching sports, and I just I just I don't know. I just don't get into it. It's too jockey. It seems like I should be like eating a whey protein bar or something while I'm watching it. Like I feel like a jock every time I watch it. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Fair enough. But to get back to the good, the BlizzCon, uh, the World of Warcraft Q&A yeah. was a lot of fun. One person asked the question, why is Thrall the only orc that has eyebrows? <laughs> and, and I thought that was an amazing question um, because every other orc in the game doesn't have eyebrows, but Thrall does. And uh, we know he was raised by humans, but he's not biologically partial human. Um, so, like, did he glue the hair on his eyes? Because he was well, like, I want to look more like my uh, my captors. I don't know. I don't, well, this is a weird... What was Blizzard's oh, Blizzard's point? answer was, uh, I don't know. <laughs> it just is because it is. Um, and later on, someone asked something about one of the beards. Um, uh, gnomes, I guess, have a different beard than they used to. And someone was asking, where did my beard go? And um, Chris Metzen or somebody was like, oh, we, we used it to glue to Thrall's forehead. <laughs> ah, nice. <laughs> so they doesn't, had a really good like full circle moment there. Yeah, it doesn't answer really the question, weird. but it is clever. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I always I always love the Q and A's. Um, some people ask questions that are kind of important, um, but if they were really that important, Blizzard would have already announced the like you wouldn't need to ask the question. So most of the questions are just kind of bizarre and a lot of fun. It's it's a really it's a lot of fun to watch and hear Blizzard's uh, fumbling answers a lot of times. Yeah, sometimes it is it is quite obvious that they they just either don't know <laughs> or do know, but are not allowed to say, and so they don't really know how to say yeah. that. Yeah. I, I do like I do like the Q and A's. I mean, and they're historically important. The Q and A's at, Blizz, at BlizzCon because uh, at one Q and A is these that was the one where um, a particular person got up and and just asked a series of questions. I can't remember which one it was, and, I, and I'm really embarrassed. I can't remember his name, but red shirt guy. Yeah, red shirt guy. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. was, and he was at, at this one too. He's been at every one since that one that made him famous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's and he's he's actually now in the game, which is amazing. Yeah, that's a, right. I've know, heard just, that. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember his original question, but it was, I, I've seen the video a few times, yeah, and it's just, um, Chris Metzen is just, like, blown away, that, and they're like, no, you're right, we'll fix that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, let's see, and then this one kind of is in a gray area, I kind of had to eventually put it into the category of um, one of the things I disliked about. Uh, yeah, I do, uh, I do like how you're swapping back and forth, I like that. Okay. <laughs> I have to put it in the negative category, although it is my second favorite thing to do every year. Uh, probably my wife's favorite thing to do. Um, and this was the event that we watched all together at work, was the BlizzCon costume contest. Yeah. Whenever you go to Dragon Con and some of these cons, you don't see many Warcraft costumes. No. It's just, it's huge at, obviously, BlizzCon, but at other cons, you don't see it much. It's because they're too and damn hard, dude. They are Seriously. really hard. It's it's hard to just throw one together. You kind of yeah. have to admit to that. Like I'm going to spend a year making this, yeah, yeah. you know, costume. 
Um, the ones that I think are cool are like whenever it's just like some, the, oh, that's that, oh, that's the NPC that stands beside the other NPC that does my jewel crafting. Like, you know, it's yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I'm totally with you, man. I, I could, I could, I'm very happy to, as much as I love Sylvanas, if I never see another Sylvanas, I'll be, I'll be happy. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, Sylvanas, Tyrael, all that sort of stuff. They just get done to death. But when they're actually a bit more creative about it, it's, I, I really love it. Yeah, yeah, and, and the detail the detail in them is is more than most, you know, other cosplay genres don't have the level of detail that, you know, that Blizzard has in, in Warcraft. Um, the reason why it's in the negative category, and I'm sure we're going to get into this this whole dilemma, yeah. uh, is they never showed the winner of the costume contest. I, I guess the way it works is you do your entries beforehand, and then they have a judging and a, and a panel and everything before they show the live walking across the stage. Yeah. And the actual winner of the panel um, wasn't, she had a great costume actually after the fact, but um, she wasn't able to wear a costume whenever it happened. And I understand that there's a good reason for it, but I just got to give you the experience that I had watching it live. Yeah. I'm in a room full of people. We've all been drinking and <laughs> we're just like, oh man, number two. Did you see number two? God, she looked awesome. Like yeah. that looks so good. Like I can't wait to see what number one looks like because if, if it's any if it topped that, like it's gotta be good. Like yeah. I know that whatever's about to walk out is gonna be crazy. And then they're like, and the number one costume goes too. And then this girl the poor girl now that i know what happened like yeah. this girl comes out and she's like half in a costume and you're like we don't even get to see the costume like what happened like, what happened and um and then chris hardwick didn't say anything about what like they didn't show a picture on the screen it was just like and all right and she wins i'm sure your costume looks great all right everybody the next panel and then the camera just goes to the next panel and everybody's like what yeah i feel so gypped do you want to explain why that was or you want me to yeah, no, yeah, let's go into that. You, yeah. you you explain it to me, and then we'll talk about it. Yeah, okay. Well, as, as I because uh, Bro and I discussed this before we, we got on the show, and, and I, I did explain. So he actually, so he does now know why that is. But basically, what happened was um, she her costume, which was magnificent, very closely skirted the the Blizzard cosplay rule that you have to have full mobility. Um, so you can't have anything that's stationary. You have to be able to actually move in order to do... And the reason they do that is so, so you can do the, the whole walk-on-stage business. The costume was the end boss from the Heart of Fear um, dungeon. So it was one of those insect uh, people. Um, I can't remember exactly what it was. but um, And it's just it was just absolutely unbelievably good. But her range of movement was, was really, really bad. It's like she had... A mini skirt, but that went down to her ankles. Like it was real. Like if you kind of, you can sort of try and picture. I did actually see her in movement. If you can try and picture the way Morticia Adams moved around, it was basically like that. Um, is and so what happens is she and she actually had a bit of a mishap. So she was uh, like Bo said, they do have like a prejudging thing. So she was seen in full costume and uh, and judged accordingly. But what happened was uh, she was going to. She had to go up a couple of ramps um, and. She just completely lost balance and actually fell over um, and uh, ended up breaking part of her costume and uh, sprained her ankle. So she actually had to go to the hospital to have her ankle looked at while her husband and uh, somebody else then fixed the costume itself. And then by the time she got back, it was just there was just no way for her to get back into costume again for when they then did the announcements. 
So yeah, I do I do agree, even though there is a fairly reasonable uh, reason uh, for her not being in costume, I do agree with you, though, that it would have helped if they'd actually said that on stage, and not in a, yeah. like an embarrassing way, but just in a sort of a, it was like, you know, it was absolutely brilliant costume, here's a picture of it, because I had multiple pictures, here's a picture, yeah. here's footage, and, you know, but unfortunately, um, you know, we couldn't wear the costume on stage, it would have made a lot more sense. Yeah, but no, whenever you're, and I'm not saying like, I, I it was a great costume. I mean, mm. she fit in all the roles she should have won. Mm. Um, I just wish that Blizzard had shown us at the time because it really was just like, we we waited this whole time just to not see who won. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a brilliant, it was a brilliant costume. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so let's see, that was a bad, so another good. So my third good was the WoW movie Q&A. We got uh, we got a lot more information on that. Now a lot of it we already knew, especially you know me and you because we kind of investigate this kind of thing for the podcast. But well, I guess it kind of bleeds into this is kind of both. Also, it kind of fits yeah. into both categories in that. And we, this is actually my number one negative one. So you you, yeah. say, your, you say your bit, and I'll jump in with mine. Okay, perfect, perfect. Because I actually enjoyed the Q and A. Like I, I thought the Q and A was good. Yeah. Um, I really like uh, what's the director's name? Uh, David Bowie's son. Um, Duncan Jones. Yeah, Duncan Jones. Yeah. Duncan Jones. I actually like Duncan Jones a lot, and, and I think yeah. he's good at, at answering the Q and A. I mean, I think that he does a really good job of not revealing, uh, but at the same time, you don't feel like he's just blowing smoke up. You're, you know, I can't cuss, but like it's, <laughs> it's, uh, he's really good. He's really yeah. good at that. But no, that being said, the, the, they did have footage at BlizzCon. Yeah. Um, they had um, apparently you could go upstairs and you could see. Um, I don't think they actually had like a trailer, but they had certain footage that they were allowed to show that kind of gave you the mood or well, the atmosphere of the way things were going to look. Well, they had footage uh, of Stormwind, so basically, so it was an actual scene where you oh. had uh, people in the the main area of Stormwind. Right, and see, I just I so my negative is that um, I kind of wish that with my digital pass, I'd at least got a glimpse of it. You know, like I don't know, it's just it. They do a really good job with their digital pass. I really do feel like I have access to all the panels. Um, it's just really weird. I just don't understand why they left that out. And is it a bad sign that they left it out? You know, it could it could be also something with legendary. It could be that um, they have some sort of agreement with legendary that they weren't going to show it except for live. I, I really don't know. I really don't know the situation behind it. But it kind of sucks that we didn't get to see anything. I am totally with you. Um, that's a perfect segue into mine. Uh, most of mine are the, are the same as yours, which is why. I talk, I talked to during yours, so um, yeah. But this this is I'm going to go straight into my number one negative. Um, I actually think you're being a little too kind to them. This is Blizzard makes millions upon millions of dollars from us, and everybody yeah. with a virtual ticket is told that they will have access to everything that happens at BlizzCon. That's the way they advertise and it. Yeah, that is not what happened. So I I actually honestly believe that we were ripped off. We live in a in a, in a technological age. That I'm sure, and in, in, in someone of your your technological knowledge, off the top of your head, could name three different ways of how they could have gotten us the footage without it being able to then get onto YouTube in its its proper HD form. Absolutely, plenty of ways that that could have happened. So everybody with a virtual ticket should have been able to see that exact footage that the people that attended there did. And the fact that we didn't really, really pissed me off. As that actually ruined the entire experience for me. So, I mean, because I actually don't need to... The only reason I buy a virtual ticket is because I like the swag. <laughs> it's like... So, I mean, because all the, all the footage stuff, even though it's cool that you can see it in, in, on, on, at the time and stuff, I don't because of our time zone differences. So I never see it at the time. 
Um, which is why, you know, going back to the costume thing, I wasn't that shocked because I actually already knew the reason before I got to see it. So I didn't have the same experience as you. But the, I, there's no need, without the swag, there's no need to buy a ticket. Everything that happens at BlizzCon, you can find out on multiple websites, including the footage itself, which is, you know, ends up on YouTube. So yeah, the, the, really. fact that, the fact that we paid for it is really not necessary. But we do it because, you know, we want the first day access, you know, we want the swag, all that sort of business. Now, one of the main, one of the, the two reasons that I bought actually bought a ticket this year was because I wanted the Burlock and because I wanted to see this movie footage, which I knew they were going to have. I didn't know exactly what it was going to be, but I wanted the movie footage, and I did not get that. And that's just simply not good enough. That, for me, is my number one. And actually, it's all three. I'm going to, all three combined is going to be the fact that I didn't get to see that footage when I paid to do so. So there you go. That's my rant. <laughs> oh, great. I've, been, I've been angry about that for the last week and a bit. It's just it really frustrated me. Uh, but you know, and and the and the offhand way they say because when people complain about it, they're just like, oh well, you know, it is what it is. It's like no Blizzard, you you take my money, you give me the product. It's, you know, on the Q and A, they say like four times, like please go upstairs and see it. Yeah. You know, I'm like, where's the upstairs button on my stream <laughs> thing? Like, where's the upstairs? <laughs> like, I'm actually surprised that more people didn't complain about it. Like, it, it really seemed like it was gonna, it should have been a bigger deal than what it was. Yeah. Um, oh, well, and then maybe I just missed it all. Maybe it's all over the forums. I know how WoW fans are. I mean, they get. They get ragey, but I'm really surprised that there was not as much. Like it seems like that's worthy of of more than than what came out. You know what I mean? Oh, I've, I've, obviously we go to different websites then because I've seen I've you know seen plenty of rage. About Have you? Okay, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and, it's, and it's mollified somewhat because of you're right. The Q and A itself was awesome. I think Duncan Jones was cool, and and you know, and then the stills, and then what they did later on in Times Square, which unfortunately we missed, but they later on in, in Times cool. Square, yeah, with with Gorehal, you know, stuck through the roof of that taxi. That was brilliant. So I mean, they're, they're masters of marketing and, and and spin and PR and all that sort of stuff. And you know, they sort of they've got around it that way. You know what's bullshit, David? <laughs> what? Is, I wasn't going to talk about this, and it doesn't fit in with the new expansion. But getting ready for the new expansion to drop, I went ahead and ran um, Black Temple because I, I want to get that shield from Black Temple um for my warrior or for my paladin and i want to get the um there's a transmog set i want for my um mage and it would also be nice to get the glaze on my warrior so i run it i get all of those things on all the wrong characters yeah <laughs> <laughs> i've got the full set that i want for the mage on my warrior i've got the glaives on my paladin and i've got the shield on my mage <laughs> I, I know exactly God. what you're talking about, man. There's there's a, oh, there's a whole range of bows that I'm trying to get, and oh, and get the bow every time. And get the I, and it's just and it's hilarious. Every time I go in there with my hunter, you know something something will drop. There's you know the shield or whatever, and it's like oh well, bow would have liked this, <laughs> you know whatever. I got all this stuff, and I've run Black Temple so many times now that it's, I could do it with my eyes closed. Well, actually, what I, what I wanted to introduce in this expansion, which I thought would have been brilliant was a paid service to unsoulbound something. Like they should do it, but it should be only for transmog. Like you can unsoulbound it, but it's like bound now to transmog. Because I understand why drop rates are important. You know, that makes sense. You don't want to just be able to run everything on your mage and then loot for your warrior and then your warrior's got all this OP gear and you have no idea how to play it yet. Um, but for things that are transmog, like there's, I'm not going to use the glaives to kill current bosses. It's, it's just, I just want it for a transmog set. They should just make it so that I can, you know, maybe void storage is cross characters. Um, yeah, you, they, can't, they you can, can't mog the glaives anyway, though. 
actually just popped in my head. This would be brilliant. This is how they should do it. Blizzard, this is how you should do it. You don't even have to pay me for this. But some sort of wardrobe, so an across, across account wardrobe thing, like they're doing with the toys. So you get the item, yes. you put it into your wardrobe, and then any other character that is able to use that that particular type of item can mog that item from your wardrobe. So yeah. it remains yeah. soulbound, but to your account, and you can mog from it. Yeah. Oh my god, that's brand. How is that not being done already? I'm a genius. <laughs> so that's uh, that's it for BlizzCon. <laughs> yeah, that's that's it for BlizzCon. I can't think of, I can't think of anything to add from um, that you haven't already said. So I just I basically just stole most of yours. Uh, I will just I will just I will just throw in that the swag this year, um, like once again the Diablo and Starcraft swag. Who cares? But the pet this time was another Murloc, and it was the the Grumosh House Cream. And he just looks hilarious. <laughs> so he's, yeah, he's it's really not as good as the as the Sir Merks a lot though. I don't think he's I don't think he's as funny or as cool looking as the Merc a lot. I do agree with that. But this little Murloc with this giant axe <laughs> just yeah, looks it's great. pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it does look pretty groovy. So anyway, so despite my disappointment of the video, which I haven't been able to find anywhere, so you know, bloody hell people, you know, phones. You could have someone could have had a phone. Uh but Dude, no. it's crazy how they don't uh, so that's it. Let's move on to our uh, initial thoughts about Wallers of Draenor. So Wallers of Draenor went live uh, a couple of nights ago. Um, it hasn't been operational for all that time, but you know that's something we'll get into in a second. But it did actually go live a couple of, at midnight. Um, I think yeah, it was midnight a couple of nights ago. It's interesting, man. So we'll do we'll cover it properly uh, in a couple of weeks' time. So basically, the next bow episode. So what's that? Uh, one one nineteen. Yeah. We'll, we'll actually have like a full report because by then we'll be up to a level 100. But just for now, yeah. I, just, I just I just would like uh, our initial thoughts on it. And uh, Bo, you can go first. Uh, well, one thing I want to say, and this is kind of like pre the the game coming out. You mentioned the uh, the Times Square thing. Yeah. Um, also, when I saw Interstellar, they had a preview before before they showed the movie previews. It was the Warlords of Draenor preview. Oh, cool. Uh, I feel like they're investing in 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 Warlords way more than they did in Miss. Maybe even more than they did in Cataclysm. I think they're really pushing for. I, I dare say a comeback. I don't think we'll ever see the Wrath of the Lich King numbers again. But they're they're definitely letting players know like this is a new game. Like this yeah. is not your grandmother's World of Warcraft anymore. <laughs> um, I think they're pushing for old players to come back, and I think they're even trying to entice some you know new players. That's why they're doing the whole boost to ninety thing. Um, what do you mean you think they are? They definitely are. This entire yeah, expansion was built to uh, win back people who know all about the Draenor stuff and to get a massive amount of new subscriptions and uh, like a whole bunch of new blood. Yep, but it's just leading into the launch of the game. I just, I just noticed, I noticed a lot of advertisement around it, and um, and I and I love that. It's it's really cool seeing that because in years past we we didn't see so much of that. It was kind of like yeah. WoW was kind of our own thing. Like it was this inner club. Like if you. You played well. That was what you did, and nobody else joined the club. You know, it's like now yeah. we're inviting new people to the club, but we've let a lot of people in the club, and the servers can't seem to handle it because <laughs> I've only, I've only gotten to play the game twice since it came out. <laughs> <laughs> we've let so many people start... into the club that it's now it's now full. <laughs> yeah, there goes the neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's, it's it's been unbelievable. How many times? Wow, well, I missed that. Did you? How many times have you played? I feel like I've played twice. I've probably played three times. There's no way I've played four times. There's no way I've logged in four times. So the first time I tried to play the game, um, I think 
I was eight thousandth in the queue on <laughs> Illidan. Um, and I actually, I eventually got in. We let it go for like three or four hours, and then I actually did. I actually was able to log in. Me and me and um, no, that was on Medivh. I gave up and I went. I went to Medivh and logged in, and um, it only took it took like an hour to log in, which. For Medivh to have a queue is huge because yeah. it's not overpopulated the way Illidan is. I mean, it's a mid-pop server, but it had a it had a queue of close to an hour. So me and Becca log in, we play through the starting quest, get to that quest where you're like dropping black stuff out of a barrel, and then you got to light it on fire, and it goes and blows that little room up. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Becca's like drawing stuff with the barrel before she before she blows it up. I won't say what she drew. Um, it's a family show, um, but um, <laughs> but it wouldn't let me blow mine up. And I was like, "What's going on?" She's like, "I don't know. I'm moving on without you." And um, I'm moving on without so, you. Classic. <laughs> <laughs> so I log out and log back in, and it won't let me log in. Now, granted, we're playing the game in the same room, and she's still logged in, still doing quests. It won't let me log back in. And then uh, it's, it's, it never let me in again that night. She logs out, won't let her log back in. Yeah. And said, well, you know what? I'm going to bed. It's actually not that late, but if I go to bed, I can get up early before I go to work, and maybe I'll play a little bit before I go to work. So I did um, so that I'd have, uh, you know, I knew there was going to be a queue to get in. So I said, I'm going to wake up at 6 a.m., log in, and then, you know, play. So I woke up, went to the computer. It was almost logged in. I waited. It logged in. I went to accept the quest, and then servers went down. Every server went down that day. Oh, no! Yeah, I didn't even accept the quest. I still have not accepted the quest and went through the portal on Illidan. Um, So I accepted the quest. Everything goes down, and they put up, you know, they put up a report saying, like, you know, we're doing maintenance. It's not going to go up for, like, four hours. Yeah. So I woke up early for nothing. I ended up just going to work that day way early. Yeah. Because um, I was like, what else am I going to do? I'm not playing Warlords of Draenor. I know that, you know. I'm with and, you, man. Um, their, their, um, their, their launch idea was good in theory, um, but it just was not going to work. I don't know what, what they were thinking. So, so, I mean, every single expansion so far up until this point, they've done server maintenance to when it started. So they, they would, you know, before yeah. it's about to launch, they do, they'd restart the servers. Cataclysm, all they, it was a 15-minute restart, and then, bang, away we went expenses before that it was you know like the overnighter thing and that's you know people expect that it's fine it is is a a weekly service so it really wasn't that big a deal but for this one they tried to do an actual in-game seamless transition without at least a server reboot and it just did not work it's like they've had over a year to get this right and they just couldn't pull it off i just don't understand what the deal is so and it's just the this the thing i mean your experience is actually tame in comparison to some of the stuff that i've read mine hasn't been as bad but i do the reason i laughed so hard when you said with the i went to accept the class and the servers went down is i was in yeah. a, i was in a dungeon the dungeon queues at the moment are insane it's like it's over an hour i haven't even tried yet yeah. i haven't even tried oh well there you go it's, it's over an hour to get into a dungeon and it, um, and the, i think the shortest for me has been an hour and five minutes i was actually finally in a dungeon uh, which was awesome. It was uh, Oxodon or whatever that thing. So basically, I heard they're good. Yeah. I heard they're really good. Yeah, yeah. And we were halfway through, and the server restart thing came up, and I was like, "Oh my god! I've waited over an hour and a half to get in here." So I didn't even get to finish. I have, still haven't finished that dungeon, but uh, but yeah. So it's, I, I know I, I feel your pain, and it's and it's been. I actually haven't had as bad an experience as some people have because I have 
when I have characters on four different servers, I was able to sort of, sort of, you know, chop and change. I didn't really, I didn't, I didn't have any queues. I'd never once experienced a queue, so it wasn't that bad. But we were just talking about this before we we started. We wanted to level our mains first, and my main is Zeldara, the hunter on yeah. on Medib. So I wanted to make get her as much as possible. So she was the first person I jumped on with, and I experienced the the main glitch that screwed most people up, which was the garrison. What was that? The, the way that the way they've got it is is quite good. It's like the Welcome to Draenor chain of quests. It's about five or six different uh, quests that basically follows a story about how the main heroes of this world, including yourself, arrive in the past and then eventually get to a point where they're able to build the garrison. Um, and the, to start the garrison, they, they they port some garrison NCPs in the people who are actually going to build the garrison for you. Um, and then they and then one of that NPC says, "Okay, so go over and click on." the spyglass and watch your garrison get built you know watch the, the magnificent work so i go over to the point where that thing's meant to be and there's i kid you not the the, the most congregated group of of players that i've ever seen in my life there had to be thousands of people in this one spot and i just could not figure out why that was i'm like why are they being intentionally bastards in sort of like having their mounts you know how some, you, sometimes you get those that sort of people yeah. that have their mounts over the thing where you need to click so you can't click it i thought that at first i thought that's what they were doing um but it turns out that's actually not what they were doing because the thing that you were meant to click the spyglass thing didn't exist so there was nothing to you couldn't actually finish the quest in order to then start the the chain where you where you got your garrison so i just logged out i was like well screw it <laughs> so i did i did a forum check turned out that's what it was and then off i went and i was like oh see you later and they did. They then. They then did an in-game hot fix to fix that. So now you don't actually have to click on anything. They've changed the way that quest works. It's just as soon as the guy says, "All right, now prepare for your garrison," it just goes straight into an FMV, and then bang, the garrison's there, which is uh, a well, lot better. I just fix. did it. I just now did it with Becca before we went on the air. Yeah. It's as soon as you walk up there. Yeah. It just happens. It just happens. You just have to yeah. walk up. To, yeah. Well, it's funny it's because I logged out on that spot that you walk up to. The very first time I logged back in after the hotfix, it just bang straight oh. into an F, into the FMV, and it's and I don't know what's wrong with my sound, but the FMVs are like ten times the sound of my actual game, and I was just like, "Holy crap!" <laughs> and uh, and then it glitched. Where at the end of that FMV, the game froze, <laughs> and I was like, "What's uh. happening?" <laughs> I don't actually don't know what's happening. I actually had to force shut down the game and then restart it again, and then but when I restarted again, the garrison was there, and I was inside my garrison and away from it. So. Just, you know, bugs after bugs after bugs. It's just uh, unbelievable. Um, but the, the, the actual most annoying one was uh, yesterday when I was playing, the biggest thing was you couldn't log out of your character because if you did, you wouldn't be able to log back in again. So exactly what, what? You, guys, you guys were experiencing. So basically what happened is if if you stayed on your server, you were okay. So if you logged out of that server, uh, logged out of that character and tried to go to a different character on the same server... It wouldn't load that character, but you could go back to your ma- the character that you were just on, and that was fine. But if you tried to change servers, every other server was reported as locked, so you couldn't actually get into any other server. But by but because you've actually left that screen, and it's because you've gone to that screen, you couldn't go back to your server again because it was now reported as locked, and so the whole the whole game was locked for you. So um, luckily, I didn't do that because I read the forum. Because basically, a whole bunch of people were complaining about it in game, and one and, and one guy just in caps or, or girl, whatever the case may be, one player in, in caps was like, "Do not log out." 
<laughs> repeat, <laughs> do not log out. And so people were asking why that was. And so while people were having that conversation, I jumped on the forums and uh, and sure enough, yeah, that's what, that was what's happening. So if you if you tried to change servers, forget about it. You're out of the game for the rest of the day. So you like call into work and say, I, you know, I can't I can't log out of World of Warcraft. I, 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 it's hard to explain, man. But if I log out, I lose everything. Like. I, you, I know you don't understand because you don't play, but <laughs> I really can't come to work today. <laughs> it's not a game. It's not a game. It's a life. So um, yeah, so it was it was an interesting experience. So, but but in, in the end, it didn't actually affect me all that much because I was on the character that I wanted to be on anyway, and so I basically just leveled her. So she's actually now, as of this morning, she's now ninety five um, because I was basically forced to play with her the entire time. So so in the end, it really wasn't that big a deal, but uh, it did upset quite a lot of people. Like, so yes, that was that was the, the the trials and tribulations. So far, they've had they've had the hot fixes and two actual full maintenance schedules. So so two four hour blocks of no game. Um, yeah, it all seems to be it seems to be a lot clearer now. I haven't had haven't had a single glitch since I was playing this morning. Yeah, yeah. Today it's it's all worked for me except for the queues. The queues are still high, but um, that's just to be that's actually to be expected. If you play on on any of the high population servers when a new expansion comes out it's just packed i mean that's just the way it is yeah yeah but it, it seems to be cleared up now and and i gotta say the, the questing is is a lot of fun I, I really like the new um the new dynamic questing um the phasing works a lot better yeah um uh, i think the storyline is is pretty cool um i really like all the it reminds me of the quest it kind of reminds me of the Dragon Blight quests. You know how you used to be able to do that quest out in Dragon Blight that would take you to Undercity. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, you're right. It kind of reminds me of that. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. because um, during the Dragon Blight quest chain, you um uh the demon in Undercity staged a coup and tried to out Sylvanas, and you had to go and actually infiltrate Undercity. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, yeah. You know they took yeah. that out of the game. It's not there anymore. Oh. Okay. You, you, if you didn't do it back then, you can't do it now. Oh, well, I did do it, so it was cool. And you also had to, and uh, the kin of Stormwind was in there and you know, trying to kill Sylvanas, and that was all, yeah, that was cool. Um, yeah, but uh, is that what, is that, so that's what it's called, dynamic questing, is it? So that's the thing where, as you're traveling around the world, it just, um, it'll actually activate in a, a, like a mini scenario, which you then have to sort, yeah. of, sort of do, and you don't, no, it's no quest giver or quest, uh, quest receiver, it basically just sort of activates when you go into that area. Um I didn't know it was called Domain Questing, but it's a, it's a perfect name for it. And I think they they are brilliant. I don't know if that's actually the name. I just I just I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. It's, 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 what, it's, called, it's what it's called from now on. Dynamic Questing. Um, <laughs> so you can take that the wardrobe and Dynamic Questing. It's fine. Don't have to pay this pay us any money. Um, so the and you're, and you're right. I think that's actually they are brilliant. This and the first time I actually activated, I was just blown away. I was like, this is this is how it should be done. This makes the the experience just so much more rich in terms of questing. Um, yeah, I think the quest chain, all of the frost fire quest chain, um, or the, the frost wolf, frost wolf stuff, like in the very first, so that first, first place you think, I think is genius. I think it's, it's just it is clearly defined. It follows a, a, a you know quite a dynamic storyline, and it just it, it does it basically ticks all the boxes. It does everything they tried to do in Mop, but better because there's no bloody pandas. So it is, it actually works a lot better. Um, the I think it does sort of taper off a bit when you get to Talador or whatever, the sort of the jungly sort of vegetation-y sort of area. I don't, I just the quest sort of seems a bit more haphazard there. I guess it's about, about three quarters of the way through the questing in the first zone, you get a quest to meet Duratan in Gorgmond or something like that, Gorgmond or something. But actually, 
it actually is detrimental if you take that if you take that quest at the time because then you miss like another quarter of that zone like so it in you know so you're missing reputation and all that sort of stuff so I actually didn't go go and meet him at the at the at Gorgamon thing which is which in our in the in our timeline it becomes um the blade spire mountains so but uh, so i actually then continued through all the main zones so i've done all the quests available in the front zone uh and i just loved every second of it there's actually there's even there's even a part in that zone this is one of the things i love about it is that they've made it so they've enriched it so much that there's a there's a tower in that zone that actually has no quest but the mages inside that tower have done something wrong and so some of their spells has gone wrong so if you go inside all the NCPs inside of there are frozen in time, but you can still move. And so you walk around and you pick their pockets, <laughs> including when you get to the top, you get a blue item, and then you just leave the tower. There's no quest, no quest involved, there's no XP, XP or anything, but you get items for nothing because they're all frozen in time, and you just end up, and off you go. It's just, that sort of That's stuff, cool. I think, is just really is what is just has made this expansion work for me. Yeah. Yeah, I really dig it. I mean, despite the, uh, I mean, I haven't even gotten that far. I'm in the Frost Wolf section now. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I really, I, I can tell I'm going to enjoy it. Like, I, whenever we do the next Azerothian Times, I'll, I'll be able to talk about it more. But I can tell this expansion is going to be is going to be really good. I'm really excited for it, and I think I think it is bringing a lot of players back, and I think it's bringing a lot of new people to the game, and and I think this is going to put uh, WoW back on the map at least. Until the movie comes out, I mean, I guess they're trying to reinvest so that people go see this movie that they're making. I don't know, but it's really, it's really cool stuff, and, and the game's in a good place right now. Yeah, that's a perfect, the perfect end to this segment. It's yeah, I totally I agree with everything. We'll cover it in much more detail in a couple of episodes, um, and uh, but so far, I mean, like the Interstellar review, I suppose, is they've done so much right that the 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 bad is uh, is far overshadowed. I'm having, I'm having a lot of fun. So uh, that's it for Azerothian Times. Let's finish off with the coming soons and we'll finish the episode. Okay, so coming soon in Australian cinemas, November 20th, uh, we just get, we get two. Uh, Maps to the Stars, which is David Cronenberg's return to the screen, uh, which is sort of a dark comedy. Um, I'm quite looking forward to it. Basically all about you know, Hollywood and celebrity and stuff. So that's pretty cool. Check that one out. Um, and The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1. So the sequel to The Hunger, Jay, Hunger Games that had to happen. So <laughs> continues the story. So. Well, I guess it had to happen because there's a second book. But was a third? This is the third book. Third book. <laughs> like I said. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's, a, it's their, like they've done what they did with Twilight. They've split the, um, the last installment into two parts. So, you know, it is what it is. Harry like Potter, it's Harry Potter's fault they started doing that. I reckon. Was it Twilight or Harry Potter that did it first? Harry Potter started the trend on it. Really? Okay. Well, we'll blame both of them. I could be wrong. <laughs> yeah, I, I could have got my timelines wrong. Fair enough. That's it. That's it for Australian cinemas and American cinemas. We're getting the same thing. Uh, the Hunter Games Mockingjay Part 1. And that's the that's the only big release. I do notice um, a movie called VHS Viral is coming out as a limited release. Now, um, I've seen the VHS series of movies and... Um, they are kind of an indie. I guess they're. I guess they'd be classified as horror. They definitely um, horror films, yeah. But they're but they're really off the wall. And they're kind of like short films put into you know put into one larger film. Yeah. And um, they're kind of neat. You know. Yeah, if I, like, if I like one that, of the two. Movie, you'll like it. 
Yeah, I don't like I don't like every clip in both films, but I do like both right. films as a whole. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Some of the clips are better than others, and they and they're not really cohesive. They don't connect or anything. Yep. But that's all we're getting. Those two movies. Oh, there you go. Cool. All right. Well, that's uh, that's it for episode one seventeen. It's uh, it's been an absolute joy talking uh, Warcraft with Young Bo and uh, watching the look on Crystal's face as she's sitting there thinking, "Oh my god, I'm still awake." <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to get this episode up as quickly as I possibly can because I want to get back to some more Warcraft. Um, uh, I'm actually going to be uh, playing quite a lot of it in the next uh, week coming up, so expect a a lot more reported on it uh, and our final thoughts uh, in episode 119. But up until then, it's been an awesome episode 117. Thank you very much. If you haven't seen Interstellar, go see it. And thank you very much to the crew. Crystal? Have you tried turning it off and turning it on again? Is it life? (laughs) Well could work with Warcraft yeah. <laughs> with Warcraft <laughs> uh, yeah I did actually have to do it multiple times and Bo whenever you left Armageddon Con did you say Armageddon out of here <laughs> <laughs> bye bye you've been listening to Nerd Culture Podcast we'd love to hear from you send us an email to feedback at nerdculturepodcast.com you can run on our wall if you go to the Facebook page. Go to facebook.com forward slash nerdculturepodcast. Tweet us at nerdculturecast. Skype us on nerdculturepodcast. If we don't answer, leave a message. We might even play it on the show. You can comment on any post on our website. www.nerdculturepodcast.com If you'd like to support the show, use the Amazon affiliate widget on our website to do your Amazon shopping. It doesn't cost you any extra, and a small percentage of the profit goes towards helping us to produce our show. We can see what you buy, but not who you are, so your privacy is assured. Check out our videos at ncptv.net or search for NCPTV on YouTube because we also have a YouTube channel. Don't forget, you can rate, review and subscribe to the show on iTunes. Wondering where you can hear more of Bo? Go to ecnradio.com. Bo and David also have another podcast called Film Flames. More info at www.filmflames.com. You can find all of our podcasts and more at undercastnetwork.com. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for more episodes.